We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. So I think today we should just continue in the vein of talking about our words. You know, we've been talking about as the new year changes, as we go into a new year, just seeking the Lord for a word, for the year to sort of anchor, to sort of um, give us a, a focus and direction. And and even like, what is it that God wants to do in our lives this year or in our lives or through our lives or in the world or in our community? I mean, it's so multifaceted, eh? It's so multifaceted. Yeah, but it is exciting. It's exciting. And, and the Lord gave me um, an awesome word too. And very much like you, as you were describing in our last podcast, um, sort of the process of getting here. I had a very similar process this year, which was funny. Um, probably, you know, coming into the fall. Similarly, I just start to like, just listen for what, you know, what is God saying in this season and, and, and sort of how is he directing? And, um, you know, I started to listen, I started to write words down, just, just different words that were standing out authority and holiness and, you know, all these kind of themes that I could see that God was bringing out of his word. And I started a document that I called words for 2021, probably like by October, October, November. And I just, every time I kind of had a sense or a word, I would write it in this document. And then as we came into December, um, I started to study a little bit in the scriptures about spiritual warfare and spiritual conflict and the enemy and idols. And I started to get really excited about it. And I thought, oh my goodness, maybe next year I'll study you know, crushing snakes. Like, what does this really mean? I mean, we say this all the time, you know, our little hashtag crushing snakes. And I love this idea that, you know, as believers that in everything we do, like Jesus ultimately defeated, you know, the enemy, but that we get to walk in that authority. And what does that look like? Yes. Yes. It's so fun. It's so fun. So I thought maybe that's what, what the Lord had. And, and going into December, I was really thinking about this and I, you know, kind of written some things out and praying about it. And uh, probably like by the third week of December, um, Jason had sent us this group text and he had put a little gif in it. And it was a a gif of the um, movie Braveheart. Do you remember that old movie Braveheart? Oh, I loved that movie when that came out. Have you seen it recently? Yeah, I saw it about a year ago. I watched it just a couple of weeks ago. So awesome. Anyways, when you're thinking about it in yes. a kind of a spiritual, yeah, yeah, spiritual warfare sense, I love it. Anyways, um, so he'd sent this gif and it was with the scene where he's got the blue makeup on and the gif said hold in big letters, hold. Mm-hmm. And it was like, hold the line, right? Like mm-hmm. the, um, mm-hmm. that was basically what the gift was saying. So Jay had just sent this to a group text. And when he sent it, I like, it struck me really, really deep. Like I knew there was something. And very similarly to you, you know, when I get that sense, you're like, okay, what is that? And it, I couldn't shake it. Every day, every day after, hold, hold, hold. What does that mean? What? Like that's such a strange word because the word hold 
is connected to so many other words mm-hmm. and you don't think of it necessarily in and of itself, but actually it is such an anchor word. And so I took some time over the break and uh, just spent some time with the Lord around this word hold. And I felt like, yes, this is the word. Mm-hmm. This is the word for 2021 hold. So I looked up some different scriptures um, in the Bible with the word hold in it. And as I started to unpack it, this just unbelievable word started to come together about what I believe God wants to do both in me, but also in us, like also in the church, in our lives, like in, in our country, in all of us, like what he wants to do in 2021. So this is exciting, Lori. I can't know, wait on I this know. edge of my seat. I know. So so as we go into this word, I want you to picture, if you've never seen the movie Braveheart, that's okay. It's kind of a gory, gross war <laughs> movie, but it's so powerful and awesome. But I want you to picture like a war scene. You know, again, this is the army was the weaker of the two armies and they were holding the line, standing arm in arm right? I think you had this picture Mm -hmm. uh, in a prophetic word last year, but standing arm in arm, holding together, intentionally reinforced, holding the line as their enemy was advancing towards them. Um, So the key scripture I felt like the Lord highlighted was from 2 Chronicles 2017. And when I first read this scripture, it was just the scripture by itself. But the story where this scripture lives in is so powerful and so profound and has so many relevant things, I think, in it Mm -hmm. for us this year. But in 2 Chronicles 2017, the word that stood out for me was hold your position. So I feel like that's the word for this year. And it says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them and the Lord will be with you. Hmm. So beautiful. The next one, Deuteronomy 13, 4. Hold fast to him. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. Hmm. The next one, do not hold back. Isaiah 54, 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Wow. So powerful. The next one. God holds your right hand. Mm. That's your your word. Isaiah 41, 13. For Mm. I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Mm. Hold fast to me in love. Psalm 91, 14. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Revelation 12, 17. Here we go. (laughs) Hold to the testimony of Jesus. You're going to love this. You are going to so love this. Revelation anytime like, yes. Listen to this scripture. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. On those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. So listen, this is an this is an intentional war we're in. Wow. If we are holding to the testimony of Jesus, if we are mm. keeping the commandments of God, 
the dragon is furious and yes. making war on us. And it said, and he stood on the sand of the sea. Hmm. Revelation 3.11, hold fast to what you have. I am coming soon. Hold fast to what you have so that no one may seize your crown. Oh my. <laughs> and then the last one, take hold of eternal life. First Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of faith, mm. take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. That is beautiful. Isn't that so powerful? And intense. Like this is like, you can feel that hold the line. Like this is literally the warfare word. That's a warfare word. Hold your position. Wow. Hold fast to him. Do not hold back. Wow. God holds your right hand. Hold fast to me in love. Hold to the testimony of Jesus. Hold fast to what you have. Take hold of eternal life. Wow. So powerful. So those are the different categories I think that the Lord's wow. going to direct me to kind of study and to dig into over the course of the year. But as I started with hold your position, which is what I feel is the anchor word for this year, the Lord just unpacked some really, really powerful and beautiful things in the story of um, 2 Chronicles 20. And I, like, I think we should just talk about it because mm -hmm. it is really, really beautiful. So in Second Chronicles 20, um, it, my key, the key verse is you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. And I believe that that is what the Lord is telling us to do, to hold our position this year. And so what position is that? I believe he's telling us to hold our position in him, our position in his presence, our position in his promise, and our position in his provision. There's those words again. Oh my goodness. Those words again. We're, we're seeing those words over and over hmm. and over and over again. And again, this is a journey of trust. It's a journey of trust in him alone. I believe it's going to be both physical and tangible as well as spiritual. And we're going to have to continually surrender to whatever God has for us. And then it says, you will not need to fight in this battle. And I believe that God's reminding us that we're not to go out in our own strength, but that we're to put our complete reliance on him. We're to trust in the supernatural ways that God will fight for us. And that any battle we need to fight, we cannot win in our own strength anyways. So truly our only place of defense and victory is to trust in God's supernatural provision. And so when we rely on God to fight the battles for us, we have everything we need when we press forward in our own strength, we will be distressed, we will be dismayed, mm -hmm. we will be afraid. Mm -hmm. But when we trust and rest that God is fighting for us, then we can see that supernatural provision. So beautiful. Stand firm. I believe there's going to be things that happen this year that we are going to need to stand firm in, that we're going to need to anchor to truth and possibly even face the pushback of how the enemy is going to come up against us. And we have to trust that God is with us. When I saw that text a couple of weeks ago where, you know, hold, hold in the midst of a battle, a holding position is a very strategic position in a war. It's a position that requires intention accuracy, determination, strength, courage. And as the enemy rushes forward in offense, armed and ready for destruction, hold your position seems sort of weak and maybe ineffective. But 
It's a position of unity. It requires everyone to stand firm together, arm in arm, in a firmly planted stance, immovable, unshakable, watching, holding, and ready and prepared to take the impact of whatever attack may come against us. And it's so cool because in the movie Braveheart, what happens is the weaker army is standing against the stronger army, the stronger enemy, but they actually win because Mm. they hold their position and they choose to fight in a different way and they actually win. You know, what's interesting about that too, Laura, when you're talking about holding the line and that kind of battle scene of standing together, it's actually counterintuitive in that kind of that restraint required first off the trust in a leader when they're saying hold the line and you're like what you know but your your intuition is you just want to run but it shows like that kind of surrender submission and trust and firmly fixed yeah resolve yes that you're in it together even though everything in you it's it's like a real restraint it's quite fascinating when yes. you think of like the what you're natural would want to do, but in the spirit, what's happening? Anyways, that's a that's a powerful analogy yeah. of holding the line. Yeah, and I think that word restraint too is is wow. a part of this. There mm-hmm. is a restraint. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that the Lord has for us not to do things the way maybe we've always done before, or also not to fight with the same weapons that were being fought mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are coming against us. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like God's always calling us to a different way. And a different, exactly. And the opposite spirit. The opposite spirit. It kind of is the opposite. When you say hold the line, it's yeah. the opposite of what you feel. Even think of like when you're in war, they're coming at you every, their adrenaline's pumping. You're afraid. You're, you just want to charge, but you're holding. It's the opposite spirit when the Lord's like, wait, like wait on the Lord. It's yeah. usually when it's the most intense. He's yeah. like, wait, you're like, what? Yeah. So it really is a powerful, like even in, in the spirit where we're sensing the intensity and God saying, hold or wait, just wait, just wait. But when he says go, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, it's such a good <laughs> moment in the movie too. Hold, yeah. hold. He keeps repeating it. Oh yeah. my God. It's so just, intense. It's yeah. so, so good. But yeah, this is, I do believe this is how we have to fight in the next Mm. season. We've got to stand firm in our authority, in our position in Christ, the solid rock, hold on to what we've already been given through Christ by his presence, poured out on us. His protection is covering provision for everything we need, but we do have to do it together. There's, there is, there is needing a a re-rallying of the body of Christ to come together, to stand together, to hold together like an army together, supporting each other. Mm-hmm. Like without us doing it together, we can't hold the line. Everyone has to take their position in order mm-hmm. for us to be able to stand in unison, in unison together. Mm-hmm. And then it says, and then you will see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. And so like there's a promise that's attached to this position that if we let God fight for us, if we stand firm, if we hold our position, then God will save us. He will rescue us from the hands of our enemy. And I love that it kind of comes with the instructions Mm -hmm. and then the promise, the Mm -hmm. promise of salvation. And then it says, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. And I, I do believe this is an important directive in this season that we're not to have fear and that we're not to fall into stress or being worried or being distressed 
No matter what we see with our eyes, we don't have to fear because we can trust that God is fighting for us. And when we give into that fear and that stress, we actually lose the power of that holding position. When we flinch in fear, when we shrink back, we weaken the line of defense and we're not to get caught And we're not to get caught in where we've fallen short in the area of fear and stress, but we make an exchange. Mm. We make an exchange for that fear and for that stress and for that worry, Mm. for trust and trusting that God is the one that's fighting for us, right? And I think all of us can resonate with that in this season because it is a season of great uncertainty. It's a great, it's a season of great anxiety. And, but there is, there is a provision for us in that. There absolutely yeah. is. And I, I love even through scriptures, it talks about God being a fortress, God being a rock, God being the corner, Jesus being the cornerstone. These are things that are immovable, like a rock, you know? And so it's really that secure foundation, even that story of building your house on the rock versus on the sand, because this is where you're kind of seeing, even in your own life, yes. that if, you're, if your life has been based in sand and f- whatever feelings, what you can control, it's gone. But when we base it on God, no matter what storms come, it says storms hit both. Absolutely. That's that's the thing. It's not like all of a sudden the, the house on the rock was protected. No, the storm hit. But because it was built on a solid rock, it, it wasn't destroyed. And that's the thing. We can come through this season stronger and fortified because of where we're built on, what we're built on. And so I think this word is right on. So, so good. So, so, so good. And then the last line says, tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. And again, this whole story in 2 Chronicles 20 is unbelievable. The people went out to battle. They stood firm. They held their position. And you know what they did? They Mm -hmm. worshiped and they praised Mm -hmm. even before they saw the breakthrough. But I think what's so interesting is that in this story, God actually said to them, even though I'm going to fight for you, you still have to do something. You actually have to go out and face your enemy. You have to go out and do it, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. It's active. There is something that he's asking us to do. It's mm-hmm. not passive in, in terms of, I'm just going to, you know, lie in bed and put my head under the covers and God's going to do it for me. No, no, we have to get up. We have to arm, get armed and get ready and face the enemy. But God is going to fight for us because mm. we can't do it in our own strength. And I think that that is so powerful. And, and the cool thing in this story is that they're uh, they, they defeat their, God defeats their enemy. They didn't even have to fight. And then there's a spoil, right? There's mm. a great and grand spoil that comes. And, you know, our spoil against the enemy is that we can have peace in the midst of struggle, that we can have courage in the midst of great adversity, that, that we can have provision in the midst of famine, that God establishes, like you said, when our lives are planted on the rock, we are okay Mm -hmm. We may be damaged. There might be some damage to the house. Mm -hmm. We're going to be okay. The house is not going to fall. And we know, we know, we know that God has won and we can anchor into that. So it really is such a beautiful, beautiful word and a beautiful story. Laura, I think it'd be really powerful to read this story from the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think you even unpacking it through this word, I think just to hear the scriptures and all that God is revealing to you through the word would be so powerful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So anyways, yeah, if you're listening along, you can feel free to open up your Bibles to Second Chronicles 20 
and we'll just go through it. Um, mm-hmm. The whole chapter is called Jehoshaphat's Prayer, which is a beautiful story to anchor a year in. We're in a time of prayer and fasting right now. And so just to anchor into a prayer from the scriptures is a really beautiful thing. But it starts just by saying, after this, the Moabites and Ammonites and with them some of the Menunites mm-hmm. came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men, some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea and from behold, and behold, they are in Harazon Tamar. And in this story, contrary to so many other kings, this battle actually did not come against Jehoshaphat as a divine punishment. So many of the other kings you see over and over and over again that, you know, it says they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord brought, you know, an enemy against them to oppress them. This wasn't the case with Jehoshaphat at all. It wasn't a punishment as a result of disobedience. This came against them as an opportunity to exercise faith. And Judah needed a miracle at this time, but I actually think this is really significant because I think, yes, sometimes battles come as a result of disobedience and sin, but I do believe we're entering into a time where battles are going to come not because of disobedience and sin. As we're aligning ourselves to holiness, as we're aligning ourselves to repentance, battles are still going to come, but it's not as a result of disobedience. It's so that the faithfulness of God can be made manifest so that we can actually exercise faith Mm. and see God be faithful and testify to God's faithfulness. Lori, I love that. Even as you're saying that, I've been doing a study in Revelation and there are such important scriptures dealing with endurance. Okay. And endurance comes under fire, under persecution, whether it's outward or spiritual, but exactly what you're saying, the endurance and the perseverance of faith is what produces righteousness and a crown on the other side. Like there is actually a reward for endurance and perseverance and how God honors that. And so like it talks all many times in the New Testament about enduring. So even as you're saying that, that's exactly that endurance, those testings really refine that resolve to endure, to be counted among the devoted and to persevere regardless that you're like, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back like this. You know, I've picked up my cross. Like I am moving forward. I've counted the cost. This is what you're talking about. And that can come in overwhelming spiritual attack as well, like you're saying. And so I think it's so important for you even to bring that up that sometimes, yes, we can cause consequences from sin. There can actually be things that we walk through. We could also have consequences of choosing righteousness that in the spiritual realm, the ramifications of the enemy, the backlash of that can also come. That's a really important thing to bring up. Thank you for sharing that today. Cause I think that's important for even in your own spirit to discern yep. when you're in seasons to be yep. like, okay, God, first off, is there anything in me that's opened a door here? But second off, if you feel like God walks you through that and you can say no, then you can really align yourself be, okay, now I know what's happening and to have the discernment of the two. It's really important in seasons to to ask for that discernment of what's going on. Yeah, for sure. But I do, I feel this is significant somehow for this year, like as what, whatever it is that we're entering into, um, even for specifically Jehoshaphat in the story that it wasn't as a result of his disobedience. Yeah. So powerful. An opportunity to exercise faith. And, you know, very much like, like Jehoshaphat finds himself each day when we rise to all kinds of different kind of battles that are going on in our lives, some small, some big. The truth is mm. we do have a powerful spiritual enemy. Uh, uh, like in this scripture, the multitudes 
a great multitude came against. Well, we have a powerful spiritual enemy mm. and it is more powerful than our human strength, which is why our mere power and our mere strength never last long enough for us to be able to defeat the enemy of our soul. And when this enemy comes in like a flood, like a great multitude from beyond the sea, just Mm -hmm. like Jehoshaphat, he has one plan in mind to rob, kill and destroy. And many of us will have to face battles this year. Maybe we're in it already. I believe that it may not be a battle of disobedience, but a battle that is an opportunity to exercise faith and trust in God so that we do not have to fear. In this story, Judah's part is simply to pray for God's help, to trust in his word, to worship and praise him even before there is a victory, and to watch in gratitude while divine warriors destroy mm. the enemy. Wow. In verse three, it says this, then Jehoshaphat was afraid and he set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast through all of Judah and Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek help from the Lord. See, when the enemy shows his hand, when he comes in with an attack, either external or internal, fear is a very common response. Mm. And anytime we find ourselves in a situation where we know that it's far beyond our strength or means to overcome, we can feel afraid, stressed, worried, or unsure of what's going to happen, imagining the worst, trying to resolve it all in our hearts and our minds. But we see a key in this story where what we are to do when we're afraid. Um, When we're afraid of the onslaught of the enemy coming against us, we are to set our face to seek the Lord and fast. Mm. A fast is a special time of intensity in prayer to set aside and align our spirit to God's will, to deny our fleshly desires that are at war with our spirit Mm. within us. Mm. And I do think it's significant, again, that we are in a time and we start the year off every year in a time of spiritual fasting. It's an alignment to God's will, God's plan, God's way, so that we can continue to step out as the battle rages and comes against us. In verse five, it says, and Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, so this is his prayer. He said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms and the nations. In your hand is power and might so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and built for you a sanctuary in your name saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, pestilence, famine, we will stand before this house and before you for your name is in this house. And we cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear us and save us. And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you will not let Israel invade when they came to the land of Egypt and whom avoided and did not destroy, behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. Oh God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. And this is the prayer. This is what I believe is the prayer of 2021. Hmm. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I love that. We do not know what to do, our eyes are on you. Hmm. When we are afraid, when the battle rages around, when we're in way over our heads and we don't know what to do, we can pray. Pray. Prayer aligns our hearts powerfully to God's will. And it reminds us 
that we are not God (laughs) and only God can save. And in this prayer, it shows us this powerful pattern, beginning with calling to mind God's sovereignty and his faithfulness, generation after generation after generation, then a reminder of God's promises and praise for God's faithfulness to his promises. And then it ends with a genuine complaint of their current circumstance that they find themselves, but with a humble acknowledgement of complete and utter powerlessness against the great enemy before them. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Mm. It's such a beautiful admission of trust and humility. And I believe this is the posture that sets the stage for a miracle. It sets the stage for God to do what only God can do for the God of the universe to speak and show his might and his power in our midst. And I think that's the posture that God wants us to have, a posture of powerlessness, not powerlessness like in and of what our authority in Christ, but powerlessness in and of ourselves. Just to say, I there's nothing I can do against this enemy unless you come, unless you come and make yourself known in this situation. And I just think that is a beautiful, beautiful posture. And that's the prayer of my heart. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are fixed firmly on you. I love that. What a beautiful phrase. Like it's actually, it's, it sticks too. Yeah. Like it, it's kind of like yeah. it rhymes, like yeah. it sticks. Yeah. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Yeah. Like that, that's exactly like what a beautiful, beautiful picture to go forward with. And of, uh, is like, that just a beautiful posture of humility before the Lord? A beautiful posture. Yeah ultimate trust putting ultimately all your trust because it does cause it forces us to lay down all of our ways all of our thoughts all of our ideas all of our oh i know how to do this or i why don't we do this or why don't we trust old ways of doing Mm -hmm. things or why Mm -hmm. you know it's ultimately i have no idea what to do and your independence like you're saying all your dependence is laid aside and if we're all doing that individually could you imagine the power of the rallying when we come together because it's Christ. Yeah. Like he's the one moving through all of us in all the circumstance yeah. as the church, it, like for his glory. Like honestly, when you think about that, like when we're all, he increases and we decrease. Hello. Yeah. That's happening to every, like all of us as the big church. That that's amazing. That's actually where power is. What we actually want to see will happen. Yes. Like it, because he will increase as we decrease. Yeah. And so that's beautiful, Lord. I love that. That phrase, I don't know what to do. My eyes are on you. What a beautiful phrase for you listening, for me, but those listening as well. Like just repeat that over and over. Like yeah. write it out somewhere. Put it on your mirror. Put it in your books, on your Bible. I don't know what to do. My eyes are on you because it reminds you like we are to decrease. He is to increase. Amen. I Amen. love that. I know. I love Fix that. Fix our eyes. Fix our eyes. Okay. It gets better. Oh, I know. I know. You, I know. It's. It gets better. We're having revival here, everybody. It gets better. <laughs> all right. Verse 13 says, so okay. meanwhile, all Judah, so this is everyone, all Judah stood before the Lord. Listen to this. With their little ones, their wives, their children, and the spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah. When I read this the first time, all I saw was all of Judah stood before the Lord. Remember, seek my face, come in prayer, fast. All of them, all of them stood before the Lord with their little ones, everyone, not one was missing, their wives, their children, and the spirit of the Lord came. I just stopped it there. 
and the spirit of the Lord came. I know he, he came specifically on Jehaziel, the prophet and gives him a word, but I feel like the, what God's saying in this is we all need to come our little ones, the children, the teens, Mm. the wives, Mm. the husbands, Mm. the families. We need to seek God's face. We need to worship. And the spirit of the Lord came. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Even so come Lord Jesus. Right? Like, (gasps) yes. Like just, I loved little ones stood out so much. Little ones little ones there's something for the little ones in this season there's something so powerful about everyone coming together to seek the lord to worship to praise to fast to hear from god the lord is pouring out his spirit in a fresh new way this year and it is for everyone the spirit of the lord came on the prophet jehaziel in the presence of all the people young and old men and women who sought to seek after the lord and i'm telling you this is how we fight our battles a Men, generational he's a generational god he desires to pour his spirit upon all flesh sons and daughters will prophesy and he's a god of abraham isaac and jacob he's the god of the generations and here he's saying like even jesus said for like when the disciples were pushing aside the little ones he says let the, let the little ones, ones come, come for such is the kingdom of heaven like their angels are before my father like they're their angels are before the father in the throne room, the greatest, the holy of holies. Like when you think about that, like that is beautiful. That as families, God is calling us all into a place of revival together that we're going to move as a church, which is all of us. Yeah. Oh. And, you, and you think of what the, ch- like what the church is today, like right now, you know, for it's almost coming up on a year, mm-hmm. we haven't been able to gather mm-hmm. Um, our children, like our children right. haven't been able to come to church. So families have had to worship together, you know, in homes. I don't know. There's just something Lord, that really is so powerful, powerful and significant about this season. So verse, this is the word that he gave to the prophet. Uh, so he said, listen, all of Judah and, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the, and the King Jehoshaphat. Thus, the Lord says to you, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed at this great horde for the battle is not yours, but God's tomorrow. Go down against them. Behold, they will come by. He says the way that they're going to come in the valley in the east, the wilderness. And then this is the key verse. You will not need to fight this battle. Stand firm. Hold your position. See the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. God literally answers their prayer. He answers the prayer of their heart in these opening words. A reminder given over and over as God is about to move. Don't be afraid. Don't be stressed. Don't be worried. Don't be dismayed. Don't fret. God is with you. God assures them that he's going to do the fighting for them and he instructs them to confront their enemy. They have to come. They have to do it. They have to stand but as prayerful spectators, not Mm. as combatants. Wow. To come ready to pray and to worship. And it's so interesting because we see a very similar instruction given to Moses in Exodus 14, where the Lord says, the Lord will fight for you and you only have to be silent. And we had this word actually in the fall. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember our worship pastor gave a word like this, just saying, no, come, you only have to be silent. Just come and worship, worship and praise. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. all I want Mm -hmm. you to do. Mm -hmm. That's how you fight your battle. 
And our ultimate exodus from the hands of the enemy has been given to us by grace through the cross of Jesus Christ. So this very message, the battle over our soul is not ours. It's the Lord's. And we only have to be silent. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to strive. We don't use natural weapons. Instead, there's one instruction, stand firm, put on the armor, go out against your enemy, but do not fight. The battle is the Lord. Stand firm, hold your position, worship and praise for all that God has done and all that God is going to do. It's not inactive. It's not passive. This is an intentional position of war. And for us, it's a position of spiritual war, a stance of faith. And the instruction is go down against them. They have to show up. They have to go. They have to be armed. They have to be ready, standing firm in their position. They have to be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might as they are to do each day and wait and watch the rescue of the Lord. Mm. But they're not to charge, bruise, retaliate, but we must trust. We must trust in that the Lord is with us in the midst of it all. And then in verse 18, it says, then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And they stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel with a very loud voice. Now you have to understand this is before, this is before they've even seen their enemy defeated. Mm. So before they see the battle won, they come, they fall on their faces before the Lord. They worship with a loud voice. They haven't seen it. They are doing all of this by faith. They're, They're stepping out by faith in worship and praise and utter surrender before the Lord their God, trusting that God is going to do what he has said he's going to do. I what a picture. What a picture. I love that. (gasps) Like, can we Lord like I like this Mm. convicts my heart so much. Can I be one who will fall on my face before you even before Mm -hmm. I see what it is I'm so desperate to see happen Mm -hmm. and praise you for it Mm -hmm. and worship you, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I so powerful. This is the posture of this year. And then it says in verse 20, and they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness and Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe the Lord, your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing and praise him in the holy attire. And they went before the army and they said, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. They rose early in the morning. I believe this is a call for this mm. year too. Wake in the dark, pray in the light. I believe we're called mm. to wake in the dark when it's still, when it's early in the morning and the sun has not yet risen and we're to praise, we're to take mm. hold our position in the spirit in praise and worship, trusting that God is going to break through. Something happens early in the morning when we wake with the divine purpose of praise before our breakthrough. When we praise before we've seen the Lord move, we establish his authority and reign in the realm of darkness. For if you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. That's from Isaiah 7, verse 9. We praise and worship before the victory, and we've already won because our praise is not conditional on the outcome, but is always on the one who is faithful to save. Jehoshaphat reminded his people to believe God, to believe in the Lord your God, because we so forget. We forget so easily and so often. We forget that he's with us. And he is faithful and he's worthy of our praise. But we forget, we forget over and over and over and over again. And the instruction to believe means to actively and obediently trust God. 
Our praise establishes our position in the battle. Our praise establishes God's position in the battle. Mm. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Mm. Give thanks even before you see what you're praying for. Give thanks simply because he is good. So powerful. This is all in this one chapter. Powerful. Isn't that incredible? That's amazing. It's not done. Oh, there's more. This story is unbelievable. Verse 22 says, and when they began to sing praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah so that they were routed. And they rose against the inhabitants, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants, they all helped to destroy one another. (laughs) They didn't even have to fight. The Lord literally caused absolute chaos amongst their camp. They They destroyed each other. Oh my goodness. They destroyed each other. And through worship and through praise, the enemy was completely defeated. That's what God wants to do. That's what what God wants to do ultimately. This Mm. is the ultimate space of lordship of of Jesus that he's, Mm. he's calling us, each of us too, to walk in. Ultimately, the truth is, and we know this to be true, that the enemy is going to destroy himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like God's going to ultimately give the enemy over to his ways and he will ultimately destroy himself. You can see the work, the works of enemy can never truly prevail against the goodness of God. Evil can seem powerful, but that's only in contrast to human effort. Mm. Evil cannot win over the holiness and goodness of God. And the ultimate revelation of this is yet to be seen. Evil revealed its power in the Garden of Eden, but it has not won. Evil manipulates, it overtakes, it imprisons, it binds, it oppresses, it kills. Mm. But where good empowers choice, it liberates, it illuminates, it awakens, and it frees. And in verse 24, when Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde and behold, there were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found among them in great numbers, goods, clothing, and precious, precious things, which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. They were three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley where they blessed the Lord. And that is called the Valley of Barakah to this day. They returned every man of Judah, Jehoshaphat, returning to Jerusalem with joy for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. They came with harps and lyres and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God came on all the kingdoms and the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for the Lord gave him rest all around. So that's the promise. It's victory and then rest. That is what a provision from our king. What a provision. Is that not an unbelievable story? Uh, Like amazing. I I did not know that that story was going to be in that scripture. Like I got the scripture, but I did not know that was going to be the story. And as I read that story, I was like, wow, God, would you, could you continue to do this again in our day this year in 2021? Lord, what does this look like? Yeah. What a, what a beautiful scripture to anchor and visualize. Like God, he writes these stories. Well, they're not, they're, they're truths from the Bible. The, these true testimonies in the Bible for us to believe like he's the same God. And I love that you brought up like forget. These are also recorded for us to like 
we would know that story. It hadn't been passed down. God allowed it to be passed down through the Bible. It wasn't our grandfather or grandfather. This is what they would do. They would write it all down. Yeah. So that when they went through a difficult time, they would remember God yeah. did this for the children of Israel. God yeah. did this. So as we read it, we can say that same God, let's not forget. Like this is the same God as faithfulness. But I think that's so critical what you were saying, even forgetting. It's going back to these epic stories, these amazing moments in scripture to be like, I don't want to forget that that's a God I serve. <laughs> that's a God I serve. All powerful. Yes. And yes. the just the keys that you've brought out of that, Lori, are so profound of faith, of just what we're to do, the praise, the prayer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think remembering is significant remembering. this year. Mm-hmm. I think remembering mm-hmm. is also significant this mm-hmm. year. And, and, you know, I know we're coming into the 40th year mm-hmm. of uh, the, the Church Life Center. Mm-hmm. We're celebrating 40 years of God's faithfulness. But, but I think there's something significant about remembering that God wants to anchor us to his faithfulness yeah. from generation to generation. And there's something, yeah, there's just something significant about that. Wow. Significant about that for this year, I think, as we pass that Amen. down. I don't know what God wants to do, but I do know he wants to do it in everyone. Yeah. Even the little ones. And it's powerful and it's rooted in praise. There's something about praise. There's something about worship. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just praying for that revival. A- Lord, do this. Amen. We want to see this. Amen. Yes, we're we gonna do. Hold our position. We're I gonna hold that. the line and we're gonna walk in God's the fullness of God's provision. He's fighting for us. Yeah. And and we can have confidence in that. Well, what a message of faith. What a message to infuse faith. And this is what God did for Israel. And God is the same God working on your behalf and has a distinct plan for 2021 for the church. And we don't want to miss it. We want to be in that posture of praise, like you said. And part of praising is remembering what God has done. Yeah. And like you said, we don't want to do it where eyes are on you. Remembering what he's done and looking forward to who he is. You stand in awe and wonder and you start to praise and that's what that's what erupts from Thanksgiving and remembering. Yes. Praise. Yes. Because even when you start to recount all that God has done in your life, if you just even take your own life, yeah. praise is like, thank you, God, you saw me through this, you mm-hmm. did this, you did that. But we do forget. We yeah. don't often we that's where we get discouraged. We don't take a time to be thankful. Yeah. And to think back and yeah. to remember. Yeah. But this is an infusing of the powerful God that we serve yes. and what to do, Lord. That's yes. so profound. So beautiful. So yeah. Very so significant. If you, if you find yourself in a battle, which you probably are. Yeah. <laughs> you're probably in a battle over something. You're probably either in a battle or one is to come. Like anchor yourself to this, to the beautiful posture of Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are fixed on you. That posture of trust that Mm -hmm. you don't have to go and fight in your own strength, that God is fighting for you. That posture of thanksgiving and gratitude and remembering God's faithfulness to you, even if you're not seeing it. And the hardest space is when we can't understand why what is happening to us is happening to us. And in that place, it's hard to give thanks. In that place, it's hard to say, thank you, God. But let's embrace, let's embrace in that place, the posture of, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are fixed on you so that we can anchor on the solid rock in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the battle and trust that God is going to defeat our enemies that he already has. And we're going to be able to see that provision 
in our specific circumstance. But again, we have to lay down what that's going to look like. We have to lay down what is the outcome of that. Because if we're fixed on the outcome, then we're not fixed on him. Our eyes are not fixed on him. But I do, I really, really encourage you just to hold on to this, especially if you're really, really in the battle. If you're in the thick of the battle today, just know that God is with you. God is absolutely with you and he fights for you. Stand firm, hold your position and know that you're not alone. Your brothers and sisters stand with you as we fight through this battle together. Laura, that is so powerful. And even in closing, I think we're gonna have to change our whole closing now. I know, I know. <laughs> I think we need to, to pray about what our new closing I is. I know, because, because I'm hearing you in like... In light of these words. I know, like fixed our, you know, our eyes are on yeah. you. We don't know what to do. Our hold eyes are on position. you. Hold your Yeah. Yeah. Follow. Yeah. Well, okay, no. I guess you're gonna have to listen to the next podcast. <laughs> I know, because we got to figure it out. out. Awesome. <laughs> we promise it'll be really good. <laughs> yeah, we're on it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we hope you have an amazing day today. We hope you're encouraged by these words and and we can't wait to hear yours too. Feel free to send us emails. We'd love to hear what God's speaking to you, what he's telling you about this year, what you're anchoring to. We love it. Let's encourage each other as a body of Christ in all that God's saying. Amen. Yeah, we are all in this together following one king. And so it's going to be an amazing ride. That's for sure. God bless each of you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and He is always with you.